The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. All right, the Purple Heart was originally the badge of merit. That is the origins of the Purple Heart. It came from George Washington. It was the first time that anybody who uh, was an enlisted man, not an officer, could get some sort of a medal or award. Um, and it it lasted uh, during George Washington's period, and he would write your book in his uh, uh, Book of Merit. And the Book of Merit has been lost. There are three badges that we know of uh, that remain. We didn't even know any of this in history until, I think, about the 1920s. But the Badge of Merit, or the Purple Heart, was originally for doing something that God would see and say, good job, because we knew we would never win a war against the biggest army and navy in the world unless, you know, we had some sort of divine providence and protection. So he wanted his men to be men of merit. If you were seen doing something of merit, you would get a badge and you would sew it onto your uh, uniform. Now, it was it was. It was prostituted a little bit um, by FDR, who saw that tradition and instead decided to give it as a medal for getting wounded, which is something that you should get a medal for. Um, uh, however, it, it, it isn't the original Purple Heart, if you will. Well, I think we finally destroyed the Purple Heart in all of its meaning. It is reserved for those wounded or killed during battle. Awarded by the president, um, you know, men and women who have faced death and still persevered have the uh, Purple Heart. Soldiers who fought in battle and and it cost them their limbs, you know, real heroes. Um, You know, John F. Kennedy earned a Purple Heart for his heroism as a gunboat pilot in 1944. Riveting story. John McCain received one for his horrific story. Colin Powell, roughly one million Purple Heart medals have been awarded to veterans, all of whom were determined to have fought valiantly with courage and heart. So it was a bit of a head-scratcher to hear comments from Democratic Representative Steve Cohen from Tennessee and self-appointed leader in the effort to hashtag impeach Trump. During the House Oversight Committee, hearing the questioning of Peter Strzok yesterday, Cohen said that he believes that Strzok deserves a Purple Heart. You know, because he's injured. I don't know where to start. Uh, If I could give you a Purple Heart, I would. You deserve one. This has been an attack on you in a way to attack Mm. Mr. Mueller and the investigation that is to get at Russia collusion involved in our election which is what this committee should be looking at, a direct strike at democracy and what this country's about and free and fair elections, keeping us independent of who is our foe, not our, our, you know, our competitor, our foe. I just returned from the OSCE in Berlin, and there is little question among our allies and people and diplomats throughout Europe that Russia is an antagonistic country that is trying to wreak havoc in the Baltics, in the Balkans as well. They tried to assass- use assassination to try to influence the elections in Montenegro, what they've done in Ukraine with Crimea and the Donbass, what they've done in Georgia, what they've done in Moldova. They are the bad guys. 
Okay, I can't take it. Does anybody remember when Mitt Romney said the number one geopolitical enemy was Russia and they said the 80s called to get their foreign policy back? Does anybody remember that? They, these people haven't cared about Russia. We have been ringing the bell about Russia and neither the Republicans nor the Democrats give a flying crap. But that's not what this is supposed to be about. Now, I don't really even know what this is supposed to be about at this point. Because is he going to jail? Is anything going to happen? Or is this just yet another circus? Now, besides Cohen's fanboy praise, Strzok hasn't gotten off easily, thankfully. The Department of Justice Office of the Inspector General wrote... He did not have confidence, I'm quoting, that Strzok's decision to prioritize the Russia investigation over following up on the mid-year related investigative lead discovered on Anthony Weiner's laptop was free from bias. Oh, you think? Lack of confidence? I believe that's one of the criteria for a different medal. Not a Purple Heart, though. Sorry, Strzok. You're going to have to get your trophy elsewhere. It's Friday, July 13th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I... I... I, ah, I don't even know where to begin with the hearing yesterday. Because it's... it's uh, it, it was an embarrassment for all of us. An embarrassment. The Republicans and the Democrats, they fought, they fought like they were four years old. The press is so in the bag for for uh, anyone who will say anything against Donald Trump they're so in the bag that they can't even they can't even see straight i just i, I just want to go over one part and pat i don't know if you have the audio of the the part where Trey Gowdy is is talking to him and saying no wait a minute you're you're saying these things while you're investigating, have you even talked to anyone? Have you even investigated anybody yet and interviewed anyone yet? Just so the record's clear, because it's been a, a little while, um, I didn't ask you the content of those interviews. I didn't ask you the names of who you interviewed. I asked you whether or not you interviewed anyone from July the 31st until August the 8th. And I find it interesting that the FBI will tell us no interviews were conducted before July 31st. That apparently doesn't impact an ongoing probe, but between July 31st and August 8th, it does. Here's the good news. Mm. Um, I already know the answer to it. I went and looked at the file. The first interview that I can find is on August the 11th of 2016, which is 11 days after it began, which makes me wonder, on August the 6th, so you hadn't interviewed anyone, You're investigating this alleged Russian collusion with the Trump campaign. You're the lead investigator. You originated the investigation. You're the point of contact. You drafted the document. And here you are before you've interviewed a single solitary witness saying F Trump. Then that same day, your um, colleague, Lisa Page, wrote, maybe you're meant to protect the country from that menace. And you responded, I can protect the country at many levels. We're not even a week 
into an investigation that you originated, approved, were the contact for, you hadn't interviewed a single solitary soul until August 11th, and you're already promising to protect the country from that menace, Donald Trump. And then on August the 8th, you still hadn't interviewed anyone. You're eight days into your Russian collusion with the Trump campaign investigation, and you got another text from your uh, colleague, Lisa Page. Trump's not ever going to become president, right? Right? And you replied, no. No, he's not. We'll stop it. By the time you promised to stop him from becoming president on August the 8th, how many interviews had you conducted? Mr. Gowdy, so two answers to that. One, with regard to how many interviews had or had not been conducted, I've been directed by counsel for the FBI not to answer that question. Mm -hmm. Second, sir, I think it's important to take those texts in the context of how they were written and what they meant. And, there, and someone may ask you that question, Agent Strzok, but I didn't. I asked you how many people you interviewed before you wrote it. If you want to get into context, let one of my other colleagues do that with you. So here's, here's why this is interesting. What he's saying is, I wrote F. Trump. I wrote, don't worry, we'll stop him. Uh, he was heading the investigation. Now, let me just ask any liberal in America an honest question. Now, honest questions are questions that are asked from an honest place asking someone else to have an honest answer and really let everything go and just answer honestly. Honest question. When it comes to Martin Luther King, do you trust liberals? Do you trust that the FBI was fair in their investigation of Martin Luther King? Do you believe that Hoover, who said from the outset, he's a bad guy, he's a philanderer, he's a communist. Do you think that the FBI was conducting themselves professionally and fairly? Do you believe that when Martin Luther King went to his county sheriff and said, I need a pistol. I need a concealed carry permit. And his sheriff said, you know what? I'll tell you what, Mr. King. Uh, you know, we just fear for your safety. And I think it'd be much better served if you didn't have a gun. If, if we, you know, that's what we're here for. So, son, why don't you go home and we'll watch over you. Do you think... That the same people who were saying, well, they didn't have text messages, so I can only imagine what they might have been saying, those southern police officers who during the day were hosing down marchers with Martin Luther King or releasing their dogs. I can't even imagine that one of them might have text messaged F. King. Don't worry, He's, a, he's an uppity Negro, and no way he's going to get, we, we'll stop him. You can't tell me that if text messages existed, we'd have evidence of that today. Now, what is the difference 
What is the difference between the FBI back then who had already come to their conclusion? Well, we just need some wiretaps because all we have to do is just prove it. That's all we have to do is just stop him. What makes the FBI wrong to you then and right to you in this case? I personally believe that if the in the meeting at the Trump Tower, if they would have had something, he would have taken it. They would have taken it and they would have used it, but they didn't have anything. So I do think that while there was no collusion, if they would have had something, they probably would have colluded. And I think the same thing, honestly, of Hillary Clinton. Now, help me out. Do you really think a guy who says F Trump, that we'll stop him, that he's absolutely a danger to America, can and should be the guy who was leading both the Hillary Clinton investigation and strangely stopped it when, you remember, they lost all of the emails. They just, I mean, she, well, she deleted a lot of, when they found a hard drive with every single email on it, he doesn't look into it. Before an investigation is, before the first person is even interviewed in Donald Trump, he's already made up his mind. Let me ask every African American in in this country, isn't that what you've always said happens to African Americans? Because I happen to believe in some cases, a lot of cases in the past, and in some cases today, you're judged guilty before, you're, before you even have a chance to be innocent. Because when they approach your car, they just know who you are. How do you rectify that? That's an honest question. And I would, my phone line is open today. 888-727-BEZK. I'd like to hear it. Because I'm tired of the Purple Heart stuff. Here's a guy who is supposed to be a, a, our, our most respected investigator. He's the chief investigator, the guy who is the best at it in the FBI. And he's having these kinds of conversations. I'm sorry. I, I don't see the difference between the people that everybody on the left always complains about with people like Martin Luther King. And, and I agree with you. How, 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 how is this not the same case? The only difference here is you don't like Donald Trump. And so you'll accept it. But by accepting it, it guarantees that somebody else will fall victim to it. And it may not be the Trump side next time. It might be your side. That is what we must avoid. And that is why we have the Bill of Rights. And that is why we must always stand for the truth. 
We must always defend the rights of others, even when we strongly disagree with them. Because the train always comes back into your station. All right, let me tell you about Simply Safe. First, thanks, Simply Safe, for sponsoring this half hour of the uh, program. I love the fact these guys obsess over the details. Uh, their alarm system is so amazing. Uh, they have glass break sensors. Sometimes it gets fooled. If you, you have other glass break sensors, you know, from somebody else, a competitor of Simply Safe, it'll go off sometimes when a baby is crying. But Simply Safe didn't want just the typical, they wanted the best. So they actually constructed a glass break test facility and ran 10,000 glass break simulations. How much glass? Oh my gosh, I hope it's all recycled glass. 10,000 glass break simulations so they could get their technology to distinguish between a broken plate and a broken window. This is the kind of level of detail that they have put into everything that they do. Their system was designed so you never notice it. You never have to think about it, uh, but it's easy. It's intuitive. And when you need it, it is there. Plus, their 24-7 monitoring, police and fire dispatch is $15 a month. It's the best round-the-clock protection that you can find. So protect your home today with Simply Safe at simplysafebeck.com. Get 10% off your Simply Safe home security system. That's simplysafebeck.com. Save 10%. simplysafebeck.com. Well, I, I do have a good response uh, from the left on my, uh, my honest question. Uh, and it comes from Oliver Willis. Um, take MLK's name out of your mouth, you malignant racist. Mm. who have whipped up hatred and bile in our country for decades, just shut up, shut up. You have no decency, not a single ounce of it in that wretched body of yours. Be <laughs> quiet. There you go. Well, you made a good point. Yeah, you made he? a good point, Oliver. And, he said uh, shut up. Yeah. So, so. I, you know, I feel like uh, you've, you've schooled me uh, like, you know, a great fourth grader would. And I appreciate the uh, input. Well, and, a mediocre fourth grader. Yeah, I appreciate the input and, and the honest uh, questioning and discussion <laughs> that we, we, just, uh, we just had there. So, Pat, let me ask you this. What is, because I was disgusted with both sides at this. I, I thought, was too, actually. Yeah, I thought Trey Gowdy was good. Yeah, he um, always is at these hearings. But what is the point of this? I honestly don't know. I, is there a prosecution at the end of it? I don't think so. I, I is there nothing better that Congress could be doing with their time right now than this? Uh, isn't there a baseball steroid investigation they could do? <laughs> Maybe bring well, this is better Roger than baseball and Barry Bonds back. This in. is better than a baseball steroid thing. It's maybe more intense. Well, it's at I don't least know if it's better. It's at least in their field. Yeah, that that is true. <laughs> you know, that is true. I'd rather have them just beating each other up than beating up. You know individuals that have nothing to do with the government but they're really not threatening with prosecution no. so much as as far as i know no. and uh, he's already been removed and so why are we doing it just to stir up more division uh, i think it's working for that it's really it working for that it is did i did i read oliver willis's uh because i don't think that was divisive do you no not, not, not a single ounce of decency in your wretched body, so be quiet. <laughs> so, 
By the way, in my body, we don't do anything by ounces. We do it all by pounds. All of it by pounds. So, um, all right. Stephen Crowder is going to be joining us uh, next. Update from uh, from Austin. Also, love to get his uh, thoughts on Glenn Peter Strzok. Back, Mercury. We're not too far away from July 19th. And July 19th is an important day for your financial future. Cryptocurrencies are a big market. They're a new market. And they're a very confusing market, to be frank with you. There's a lot of ups and a lot of downs. But if you go for some free investment training to BetCryptoShow.com, you get registered there for July 19th special. It's free. It's online. It's going to teach you something. And even if you don't wind up investing in cryptocurrencies, you're going to get a lot of information for this. It's something important to understand because it is coming and it is the future. Tika Tuari will share the new facts about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies that you'll never hear in the fake news media. And he'll reveal the big event unfolding behind the scenes with cryptocurrencies that could push them to new highs. He'll share the names of three cryptocurrencies he recommends that you should buy right now. And you can even get entered into the exclusive Palm Beach Letter $2 million Bitcoin giveaway. Make sure you don't miss this opportunity. BeckCryptoShow.com. Register for this exclusive broadcast event. It's BeckCryptoShow.com. Whoa, have I struck a nerve. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh, the left is mad at me today. Oh, my gosh. Uh, note to Glenn Beck, there were no cell phones at the time of Martin Luther King. Okay, I don't even know what that has to do with anything. Uh, to compare Trump to Martin Luther King is so mm. egregious and wrong, one cannot begin to count the ways. I don't think I did. Did I? Did I? No. no uh, MLK was a great man, an innocent man who threatened the white male power structure. Listen to this. Trump wants to bring it back and enforce it. Oh, okay, so that has okay. nothing to do. Everything you just responded had nothing to do with what I asked. What I asked was, if you don't think somebody who made up their mind about uh, about Martin Luther King, Hoover, if you don't think that he could have been fair with an investigation, why do you think somebody who feels the way he did about Donald Trump could conduct a fair investigation. That's what I'm asking you. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm asking you. Uh, let's go to Stephen Crowder, who is uh, joining us now. Hello, Stephen. How are you? Hey, Mr. Beck. I'm doing well. You know, when you when I first came back from break and I heard you, it sounded like Prince Tuesday from Mr. Rogers. When you have upset the left, I thought, <laughs> what show am I doing? <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, little, little finger puppet, not the one who hung on the merry-go-round with with kids, which was kind of creepy in its own right, but the, the little one that was blue with the yeah. crown. Okay. okay. Uh, Stephen, uh, you know about uh, upsetting the left uh, quite a bit. Uh, you just did a video. We played it yesterday, uh, and I just wanted to see if we can get an update and, and the uh, story quickly from your mouth to recap. Yeah, well, for, for context, for people who don't know, so, you know, I do this segment uh, called Change My Mind, which is, is rel- taken off relatively well. I'm really grateful. And the concept behind that was let's do what a lot of people can't do on cable news. And I, I've heard you talk about this and, and complain about how toxic it's gotten. And I agree. And I always thought, man, wouldn't it be great if we could just have not conversations with experts or necessarily professors in a time-constrained format, but just have conversations with real people seeing if they can change my mind or I can change theirs. So it's completely unedited. These things go up there an hour long. So those, we've had about 10 of those, couldn't be more civil, Mm -hmm. couldn't be more, okay, let's sit down. Now, the problem with that is 
now that we go out and, and do it in public, and we've had hundreds of thousands of people become pro-life, for example, uh, the, the left is upset that we sit down and have an open conversation. So the calls to violence have gotten really bad. So there, were, there was one where a lady called uh, people to firebomb me in Austin. And then this was a person who plotted to actively slash my tires while I was at eight and Congress in Austin, posted our location, said, who will come with me to slash the tires and made plans. Uh, okay, so, uh-huh. so, so Stephen, I, I saw this yeah. particular episode on Louder with Crowder, and um, it, it was really good. You had a uh, somebody who just, you're walking on the street, you set up your table, and somebody's walking on the street, happens to be somebody who's running for city council, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes, a transgender uh, 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 male to female Danielle. I'm sorry, Sam, because here's the thing, even if I try to play along with any pronouns, I'm liable to get it wrong. So I know. male to female transgender. I know. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, okay. Well, you're, you're, uh, you're dead naming here because you're saying yeah. that. Anyway, um, uh, so uh, you had a great conversation with them, and it's at this yeah. time that the person is, is threatening to slash your tires and firebomb. So you go out yeah. and you look at this person's uh, uh, social media, and how is he connected in defacing statues? Okay, well, to, just for legal reasons, I have to clarify, it was a different person who threatened to firebomb. So Correct. we had several, all kinds of fun being planned. Um, you know, I can't, reveal, I hate to say I can't reveal my sources, but I've got eyes and ears everywhere. I mean, we were the people who took down Antifa. They literally handed my producer a shiv that was uh, designated for Ben Shapiro. So um, we, how do we know that this person defaced the Robert E. Lee statue? Because they openly admitted it to someone they didn't know I knew. And we have it in writing. They said, we defaced the Robert E. Lee statue. Okay, so you go to confront this person. And I have to tell you, Stephen, I, I, uh, I'm watching this video. You sent it to me, and I, I'm watching this thing, and I thought, okay, this is not a good idea. Except you go in, and you have such restraint, and you're saying to this guy, just apologize. Just apologize, and take it down, and say you're not calling yeah. for violence, and we'll just we'll call it even. Just take it down and apologize. He yeah. gets. Yeah, he, no, I, go ahead. Sorry, no, that, that's important. I appreciate you noting that. Listen, a lot of people go. Well, I don't think I don't think this is right. This escalate. Here's the point. When someone is calling to firebomb or slash your tires and posting your locations, um, there's no escalation at that point. It's not like they slapped and I'm punching. They brought a gun and I brought a nuke. No, no. I go up, up to these people. It's called Crowder Confronts. It's now a branded segment to unmask these people. And the very first thing I say is I'm not advocating violence. I don't want anyone to hurt you. Just take down the active plot to hurt me and my wife and my family. Can you do that? And here's the crazy thing, Glenn. No one. Not one person, including the other transgender manager at Juiceland. A transgender at Juiceland works under another transgender manager as a portion of the population. What are the odds? Um, None of them will condemn it. None of them will say, okay, you know what? I'm a liberal, but it's bad to try to bomb your van. None of them will say, okay, you know what? I'm a liberal, but they shouldn't flash your tires. Not one. And that's what's so crazy. That's what's so disconcerting. I just... I'm not even asking for an apology, really. I want them to take it down because it's still up there. Hmm. Uh, what did the police say? Uh, well, we're still waiting. We have a, we have a case now, 
and uh, they're saying it's going through processing. Uh, and we, we did put under that case number the Robert E. Lee info as well as uh, the, the, the firebomb lady. So, um, you know, the, the thing with this is, too, is it, it's a two-pronged approach. And just like with YouTube and Google censorship, we've never been one to, to just go out, me and my team, to just complain about something. And uh, you also don't want to be the person who just sues people. You, you need to make sure that the public is aware of what's going on. And then you follow the proper legal avenues. That's always what I, I tell people out there. say, well, what do I do? You need to do both. So, yes, we filed police reports. And, yes, we're going to continue with these. My first choice is to do change my mind. My first choice is always to have people on our show with whom we disagree. But I tell you what, it, it, it's kind of that, remember that reverend in the Patriot who was, who was really anti-war, really wanting some peacetime, and, and then eventually you see him with his musket, and he says a, uh, a shepherd must protect his flock. Mm-hmm. No, this is not a call to violence or to get a musket. But what I am saying is when people say, walk away, just ignore it, well, look, I can't walk away back to my van because that location is posted. I've had police, you know this, run the clock at my old house because that location was posted. My wife's workplace was located and posted. Antifa has openly put out calls in Austin to find me and assault me, along with places in Michigan. At a certain point, there's nowhere to walk away to. And that's the balance we need to find. It's one that I really struggle with because... I really do want to keep the dialogue as as productive as possible, but at a certain point, you've got to keep yourself safe. And and, and the the boldness that the left has now, and I think a big part of it is the uh, anonymity. That's a hard word to say. It's always difficult to say. I'm not that smart, but it's a hard word. (laughs) You can can have problems with words, but it it is. It is is a struggle. I I try to be very open with my audience. I go, listen. I wanted to change my mind, but I would feel I would feel wrong if I didn't expose the violent plots from the left. And I try to do so without advocating violence against these people. But there needs to be a confrontation at some point. They need to be confronted on their immorality. And um, I think a lot of people, Glenn, aren't aware, aren't aware of just how violent they are because they don't have the eyes and ears that I have. And when I say this, Glenn, I'm talking about years and years of planting roots there is no possible way the left out there right now can know what we know about them. We've had people, multiple people arrested. It's great. It's fantastic. I feel zero guilt about that. I sleep well. Let me know what happens in Austin, will you? When you get, when you get a, a call back from the Austin Police Department, let me know what, what is, uh, if, if they're pursuing it or not. Because I, I find it, um, uh, we, you know, if that person happened to be a conservative at Juiceland, it would have gone the exact opposite way. Um, I was I was amazed at how they rallied around this guy who was clearly in the wrong. I mean, it was just it was it was remarkable. Well, you know what's crazy to me? I think what some well, I want to say the Austin PD who showed up were very very helpful. They seemed great. And even one of them was nodding his head when I said, "Listen, man, if it were you, if it were your family," and he was like, "Yeah, yeah," he's like. Man, I, I know. And one of them actually kind of agreed, but I, I didn't want to include it because they're not supposed to have opinions sure. on the job. But I could see he was touched by it. But the one thing, I will say, if, if you're to crystallize this entire video, which people can go uh, to lateralfetter.com and see, uh, or just the YouTube channel, just search it, whatever, you'll see it. It's transgender at Juiceland who slashes tires. Type that in. There aren't a lot of Google searches. Um, <laughs> and uh, what I find so perfect is there's a moment where I say, listen, listen, just take it down. 
take it down. That, as you're talking about, the person says, no, no, I'm not going to take it. not going to take it down. I said, oh, so you admit that this is your post. He goes, yeah, yeah, my name, because remember at first this transgender yeah. denied, denied, denied. And I said, listen, you want to you want to play the part. Part of being a man is owning your actions, and this is wrong. <laughs> and at that exact moment, this transgender's manager walks up, puts her hand on the tr- person's shoulder, just the tire slasher, and says, I know you're being abused right now. Be strong. I'm like, what? What? I'm asking them to remove their violent threats. But here's the deal. If you're strong, I'm a big guy, Glenn, relatively speaking. If you're wealthy, you're the bad guy. It doesn't matter if you're the wealthy guy who goes out and gives all your money to charity. It doesn't matter if you're the big, strong guy. If you're Superman protecting the little guy, they see success automatically bad. They see strength as automatically evil. That's why they hate America and Israel. That's why they look at a guy like me with a transgender person threatening and plotting to slash my tires. They go, oh, a 6'2", 220 relative athlete and a poor little transgender person. Of course they have the right to be violent. That is the dogma of the left, and it is perfectly encapsulated there. Um, I wish we didn't have to do this. I'll let you know what happens, too, with the, the Austin police. That's one thing, Glenn, too. You know, I'm sorry. You, you know this. It is so subjective as to what happens with police. I've, I've worked with, with the federal, uh, with the FBI, and some people have been very, very helpful. Some people have done nothing. We've had some people arrest for lesser crimes, and other police have completely ignored, depending on whether it occurs in Michigan or Utah. So it really is a toss-up. It really is. And I, and I understand how sometimes people feel uh, helpless when there are travesties in, 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 just, in the justice system. I'm not condemning police at all, but I am saying it is remarkably inconsistent. And uh, it's, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow sometimes. So you've got, you've got to keep everyone's got to keep your head up on a swivel. That's the first step, at least. Stephen Crowder from uh, louderwithcrowder.com. And you can follow him on Twitter at uh, S Crowder. Stephen, thanks so much. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much. You bet. Appreciate it. All right. What do you want to learn about Bitcoin and cryptos? Probably, if you're already in Bitcoin and cryptos, you probably want to know, uh, is this going to go up or down? Would you like some free investment training? I want you to go to BeckCryptoShow.com and register for my free live investment training program. It is happening July 19th. That is uh, a week from yesterday, next Thursday at 8 p.m. It's absolutely free. I'm not going to be teaching this. I'm going to be interviewing former hedge fund manager and the number one cryptocurrency trading expert, Tika Tawari. Um, have you met Tika yet, Pat? No. He's mm. remarkably smart and knows this. And uh, he shared with, some, uh, with me some information about some things that are changing right now uh, with Bitcoin that completely change everything. Uh, he's going to share some new facts about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies that uh, I, you're just not going to hear you know, anyplace else. He's also going to reveal uh, a big event that is unfolding behind the scenes right now that he says could uh, push cryptos up to as high as 60,000 uh, this year. Wow. I hope he's right. Wow. Uh, anyway, he'll also share the uh, names of three cryptocurrencies. He said that you you really have to buy again with when it comes to cryptocurrency. You know, I wouldn't invest anything that you can't afford to lose. But man, especially if there are new cryptocurrencies out there, you can get into them so cheaply. And if they do explode, 
uh, all of a sudden your life is completely different. Plus, you'll have a chance to take part in the exclusive $2 million giveaway. Taking questions from those who are watching, register now. Let us know that you'll be watching that night. BeckCryptoShow.com. You have to register, but it's absolutely free. Don't miss it. BeckCryptoShow.com. Glenn Beck. Jerry in Michigan, I, I hate to, you know, cut it short, but we only have about 90 seconds and I have to go into Bill O'Reilly next. But I want to get you in real quick. Jerry, go ahead. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm not like the other guy that talked. But, you know, it just amazes me how everybody drops Martin Luther King's names as if this was some sort of equivalent. Martin Luther King, like Jagger Hooger had carte blanche to do whatever the hell he wanted to do. This guy did have bosses. I think the guy's a scumbag, but please, that Martin Luther King analogy stuff got to go out of the window because, number one, most white folks agreed with J. Edgar Hoover. No, no, hang on just a second. Wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. I am not not comparing Martin Luther King to Trump or this situation. I am, hang on, I am saying if you thought that it was out of control with Hoover, but a guy who thought... I, he's already made up his mind on who this is, and he shouldn't be um, able to conduct an investigation. How could you possibly think that this guy, um, who has already made up his mind and says, I'm going to stop him and everything else, how is that not comparable? This guy had somebody to report to. J. Edgar Hoover was his own boss. Nobody had to agree with anything he said. Nobody had to sign off on anything he did. He was his own boss. Okay, That's so it's I'm okay. So about. so then it's okay. No, it's not okay. Hang on just a no, second. No, it's not okay. So then, then I, because I, I also said, not only Hoover, I also said, how about the local sheriff that was hosing people down in the daytime saying, oh, I'm going to protect you in the nighttime. There's no difference. And that guy had Glenn a local boss. Glenn Beck. Mercury. Glenn Beck. If all you knew about politics came from the New York Times, CNN and the Washington Post or MSNBC, you'd think that a blue wave is about to swamp the country with hip millennial geniuses. Um, um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is surfing the quest of a crest of that wave. I think you would think that Ocasio-Cortez is the greatest hope for America since Barack Obama. But America is a very large country, and reality is usually a little more complex than the media lets on. But since the media already has their narrative and their superstar, Ocasio-Cortez, set for this November, there's no room for another young minority female child of immigrants, political outsider from the ultimate blue wave state of California. Her name is Elizabeth Hang. Well, there probably would be room for a story like that except she's a conservative she's 32 years old her name is elizabeth hang she's running for congress against democrat jim costa in california's 16th district it has been 40 years since a republican won in that district in the early early 1980s hang's parents fled from the violence in cambodia and immigrated to the u.s in 2008, after graduating from Stanford, where she was student body president, Hang opened several cell phone stores with her brothers in the central San Joaquin Valley. Running her own business and managing 75 employees, she opened her eyes, or her eyes were opened for her, 
to a not-so-dirty secret about capitalism trying to survive the virus of progressivism. She says, quote, I saw firsthand how government regulations impacted businesses negatively. I constantly felt that from Washington, D.C. and Sacramento, they were saying that I was everything wrong with our country when all I was doing was trying to create jobs. That's when she decided to venture to Washington, D.C., where she worked for six years, learning the ins and outs of legislation and campaigning. She's ended up working as a director for President Trump's inauguration ceremony, a job she managed while she also was finishing her MBA at Yale. One of the biggest lessons she learned working in Washington became the platform that she's now running for office on, fiscal responsibility. She says, in a family or a business, we don't suddenly act surprised when the budget comes up for the year. We get it done. What a concept. Still, fiscal responsibility isn't quite as sexy sounding as free college for everyone. So don't expect Elizabeth Hang to replace Ocasio-Cortez as the media darling anytime soon. It's Friday, July 13th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. By the way, I'm, I'm trying to get both of them on uh, this broadcast. I'm guessing that Hang will be a little easier to uh, book than Cortez, but I would love to have Cortez on and, and just have an open conversation uh, with her about uh, democratic socialism. What is it? And how do you pay for it? Uh, in, a, um, in a non-hostile uh, conversation. But uh, we have reached out and have not heard yet. We do have Bill O'Reilly on, however. Uh, <clears throat> Bill O'Reilly, whose new book called Killing the SS comes out. Oh, it does not come out on September 18th. Does it come out on September 18th? Yeah, of course it does. Oh. What's the matter with you? Uh, you because my book comes out on September. on the jacket. Yeah, my, my book comes out September 18th. That's well, not... So then people have to buy them both. And they'll uh, be happy to do it. <laughs> I hope. So, how, how you doing, Bill? I'm all right. I'm all right, Beck. Uh, you know, I'm hanging in and watching uh, all the chaos uh, develop around uh, the political hatred. Um, well, let's start. Let's. I have, I have some very, very uh, astute observations. So, have Stu uh, get well, his paper out. Stu's not here, but Pat is. So, Pat. And I got Pat I, is here today. Excellent. Is that Pat an upgrade, paper ready? By the way, over Stu. Oh, that, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Big time. Yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Stu is like a limp leg that has been gang- <laughs> gangrene for a long time. Um, anyway, um, Bill, let, let, let me start with uh, Peter Strzok and the hearing yeah. yesterday. Um, yeah. Two questions. A, I don't even understand what the point of this is. Um, it seems a little embarrassing on both sides. However, uh, the, the second thing I would like you to comment on is... I don't know how anyone thinks that uh, somebody who wrote the things that he wrote while he was heading up an investigation should be a part of any investigation at any time when it's revolving around the things that he's texting about. Well, look, there are two main uh, two main important points that all Americans should know about. Press miss both of them. Okay, as they always do. The first thing is, this is a criminal investigation, Beck. All right. The special prosecutor is looking into a violation of federal law. By Strzok? Just overall. Okay. 
Okay, the mm-hmm. Russian collusion story is a criminal investigation, which is why you have the FBI in it. Correct. correct? Yes. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, in order to secure a conviction in any criminal investigation, there has to be evidence beyond a reasonable doubt. The fact that the lead investigator was obviously a hater toward Donald Trump wipes out anything the Mueller people may hope to achieve because there'll always be reasonable doubt Mm -hmm. that the investigation was Mm -hmm. fair always bill if this went to trial and it was it was you or it was me and we found out the lead investigator who called for the investigation they throw it out they throw that case out in a heartbeat okay so that's number one headline that this weasel and he is a weasel you know, the first thing I, I told my audience on BillOReilly.com yesterday was, you look at the guy standing there or sitting there, okay, and you look at his body language, his facial expressions, you, you, you try to get a summation on television, because tra- television doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. Camera doesn't lie. I mean, it zeroes in on you. I saw this guy uh, as a smug, yep. arrogant, yep. sneering. Yep. Why do you dare yes. ask me these questions yeah. when I'm protecting the country? Yeah. It was almost like Jack Nicholson and a few good men. It, it really was. It was exactly the same impression I came, I came yeah. away with. He is so arrogant. Unbelievably and th- arrogant. Yeah. And you have dared to question me. So the first headline is, beyond a reasonable doubt, is not going to happen with Robert Mueller. And that's huge. That is huge. The second very important story for the American people is that the Democrats on the House Oversight Committee could not care less mm-hmm. about what happened, mm-hmm. about the facts, about possible corruption at the FBI, about anything. They hate Trump so much, it doesn't matter what happened to them. They're so, not truth seekers. So, so, Bill, help me out on this. Because, uh, boy, the the left is very upset with me today um, because I, I said about an hour ago uh, that I don't understand the difference. If you if if you if you know that the you know, the, the local sheriff that Martin Luther King went to and asked, I need a concealed carry permit. And he said, well, now, son, I don't think you need one of them. That's what we're here for. Um, I think we know that Martin Luther King couldn't have trusted the people who by day were taking fire hoses and dogs to people that were marching with him. If there were texts at the time, you know that the texts would have been from some of these guys. Um, you know, uh, you, oh, don't worry. He's not going to get all that. We're going to take care of it. You know that was happening behind the scenes. So why is it that we can look at this and... Hoover, a guy who made up his mind about uh, Martin Luther King, said he was conspiring with the communists and the Soviets and did all kinds of things. And the left says this this is racism. This is horrible. You cannot have that happen and, and receive any justice. What is different in this particular case? Well, why would anybody be mad at you for that analysis because i'm a racist 
because uh, I've, because I've just mentioned Martin Luther because King. I Martin mentioned Martin Luther King and to compare yeah. Trump to Martin Luther King is racist. I uh, didn't I, I didn't compare it. I'm asking about the system. OK, so um, look, the American people have, have come to a point, I believe. All right, because I'm always ahead of the of the news cycle, as you know, Beck, which is why you have me on here every week. Right. Well, I, but- I, I believe that the American people have come to a point where they have tuned out most of the news analysis and editorial coverage of the president and of Russian collusion and yes. all that. They, they're gone. Yes. And, and I wrote a uh, message of the day on BillOReilly.com that cited this week's ratings on te- cable television. They're down, if you can imagine, with all of these huge stories. They're these numbers down? Are down. And, and for CNN and for MSNBC... It's a catastrophe how much audience they're losing. Like what, what do they have now as an audience? What's their prime time? Well, let me give you an example. Uh, Chris Cuomo, the great hope at CNN, gets a 9 o'clock program, right? Yeah. Okay. So th- he goes on, and the first week he averages about a million three, a million two five mm-hmm. viewers, which for CNN is very good and, mm-hmm. and is the number one show. Mm-hmm. He's down at 850. Holy cow. At five o'clock, weeks. if I would have had eight fifty, I would have been fired. Right. Well, it's a different time than when you and I were reigning supreme on cable yes. news. But he's lost almost forty percent of his audience in three weeks in a up news cycle. Wow. And, and lots of stuff happening. It's not wow. the doldrums of summer. Okay. So, Rachel Maddow is the number one show on MSNBC. Okay. Did you just call 40, her? Did you just call 40%. her Rachel? Rachel. Maddo? Oh, Rachel. Okay. R A C H E. All right. No. Rachel. Yeah. All right. Lost about 40% of her audience. Okay. Now, why? Um, You can tune in every night and see uh, Miss Maddow hate Trump. That's what she does. She hates him. From the time she comes on, the time she comes off, she hates Trump. And then once in a while, there's a pillow commercial that, you know, somebody can go out and take a (laughs) breath of fresh air. Okay. But then we're right back to hating Trump. Nothing else. You know, it's just this. And so people have had it. Even the people who do hate Trump, <laughs> they've had it, you know, yeah. enough. I just, it's just seeped into the soul of, of the American public that they're being conned. Not to say that Trump's the greatest thing. I mean, you can like him or not like him based upon facts. But just to hate him and hate him and hate him. And on the other side, Fox News is losing audience, too, but not as quickly as the other two, because... They support Trump. Yeah, I did a show yesterday, uh, just all call-ins, and uh, just took thoughts from the audience. And uh, I was shocked. Uh, there was, I think, two people uh, that got through who said that they were former Democrats. Uh, they started listening a couple of years ago, and that they uh, were listening because I was the only one that was willing to have a reasonable con- uh, conversation uh, and and look at both sides uh, and that they they've changed their point of view because of that. I, I think that the the idea of having civil conversations and civil dialogue is refreshing to most people on the left and the right. They just they want the truth. Just they're only getting a choice of the spin of this side or the spin of that side. Yeah, because it's not instructive or it's not positive to anyone's life. Yes. And, and this is true. 
to live in a world of deceit and delusion. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm waiting for the ferocious backlash against the media. I don't know whether it will happen. Trump today in a press conference just excoriated NBC and CNN. Right there. All right, just basically excoriate him. That's nothing new. But I'm waiting well, for the people to say, okay, hey, you know what? I'm just going to walk away from it entirely, and, you know, I'll pick my people, Bill O'Reilly or Glenn Beck or whoever it may be, and I'll check in with them and try to find out what's happening in the world. But I'm not wasting my time anymore I on think this other stuff. Right. I think that is already happening, but I want to go back to Donald Trump. He's had a really interesting week. Uh, some really good things and some, you know, some questionable or bad things uh, as well. But I want to when we're going to we'll take a break. And when we come back, I want to ask you and start right at that press conference uh, and and get your view on w- why you think that that might have been a good thing to excoriate uh, CNN and, 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 and NBC over in uh, Great Britain with a, a pr- joint press conference with Theresa May. We'll go there here in just a second with Bill O'Reilly. From BillOReilly.com. All right. Let me tell you about Mercury Real Estate. Biggest investment you'll probably ever make will be in your home. And that's why there is real estate agents I trust.com. Real estate agents I trust.com. Because working with the right agent makes a significant difference in the outcome of buying or selling a home. Now, we have a thousand agents all over America who are just like you. Their word is their bond. They are fans of the show. They share your sensibilities. They're fully vetted and handpicked for their knowledge, their skill, and their track record in your area. It's really important, a couple of things, that they know what your house is worth in your area and that they also have uh, a a system to bring customers in that they 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 have some way of of getting people to the website and seeing everything that is available and moving your house as fast as possible for the most amount of money so if you want to sell your home fast and for the most amount of money Real estate agents, I trust.com is where you need to go. Go there now, find out all the details. Someone will contact you within minutes. It's real estate agents, I trust.com. All right, let me let me play the audio of a press conference that just happened in England with Theresa May and Donald Trump. Uh, here's what was said. Uh, John Roberts, go ahead, John. No, no. John Roberts, go ahead. CNN is fake news. I don't take questions from CNN. CNN is fake news. I don't take questions from CNN. John Roberts of Fox. Bill, your thoughts on this? Um, I wouldn't have done it that way, but I wouldn't. You know, I've I've said that a million times that you can you can get your point across without throwing hand grenades um, because that basically reflects back on you. But the CNN is in business, and, and people should understand this. It's not that they are uh, meeting every morning saying, we want to be Venezuela, we want uh, to be socialists, because they don't. These are people with big houses in the Hamptons who spend more money in a month than most people earn in a year. They hate him personally, the President of the United States. And so they say, you know, we can make money and hate him at the same time because our audience will hate him, and that's who we want to watch us anyway, so that's what we're going to do. That's how I would do it. 
rather than just say fake news, fake news, fake news, fake news, um, I would say, look, I'm not going to take your question, CNN, because you don't report the news fairly. And I can just run down the roster of people you have on your air. Every one of them hates me. Every single one of them hates me. All right. And you're trying to make money off that hatred. And I'm not going to play into that. Now, wouldn't that be a lot more effective back than just saying fake news, CNN? Yes. So let me get that's my point there. uh, Let me I I think it was I think it's just as wrong to blanket statement fake news on either side, because that's what the left was doing when they when they used to call us Fox News, faux news. Uh, That was everywhere under Obama. Um, Well, and it's different. It's different than Obama, because and and that's an interesting point you bring up. President Obama was criticized on Fox News and in other places, primarily based on policy. Mm-hmm. Okay, that there was a, a strain of he was born in Kenya, he wasn't born in Hawaii. But I, I destroyed that in the first week. So did we. By coming up with the two newspapers that printed his birth announcement, and it would have been virtually impossible for uh, anybody to... Uh, and, and why would you do that to Barry Obama, a, a little... A uh, boy who has no money and no influence. <laughs> I mean, come on. Ridiculous. Right. So I blew it out the first week, and that was that. And anybody who, who picked up on it, you put them in the irrational category. And Donald Trump was in that category, by the way, and I scolded him for that on the air. Um, anyway, so that Obama was policy-driven, and, and, and you and me and others who had some dif- difficulties with his problem, policies zeroed in on those difficulties not hating the man every every two minutes and trying to destroy him and anybody around him that you feel is benefiting the president so look at bill shine our former boss at uh at uh, fox news his wife is now being uh crucified by the far left now it hasn't really gotten hold because it's so hateful and so out of bounds. You don't attack families, all right? But they're doing it on the left. They're doing it. And CNN driving that story. All right. Back in just a second. More with Bill O'Reilly. Bill, let me play hit or miss with you here, uh, because I think uh, I, I think that uh, Donald Trump has had a few hits this week uh, and and struck the right tone a couple of times. Uh, and then he's had a couple of uh, blunders. Um, would you consider his uh, interview about Theresa May and uh, the things that he said about Boris Johnson in the lead up to his meeting as a hit or a miss? It's hard to say because that's a, a tabloid newspaper that doesn't really uh, print the truth. The reason he did that uh, interview was because of Rupert Murdoch. Uh, Murdoch owns that paper and then, you know, owns the uh, Fox News channel. So that's what, why that was even done. But if uh, Donald Trump did disparage Ms. May, and it didn't look like she was perturbed by that or believed it or whatever. I mean, they had a fairly relaxed body language situation in their presser this morning. Um, but, yeah, you don't want to say bad things about a leader of any country and when you're showing up to the country. Yeah. I mean, that's not that's not really a good strategy. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, you know, I've always appreciated way the way, you know, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu and other leaders around the world 
come here and they say, look, those are your internal politics and we're not involved in that. Yeah. And, I mean, you don't want to poison a well. Netanyahu despised Barack Obama. Yeah. It was obvious he did, but he yeah. never <clears throat> overtly said that or Correct. did anything to indicate it. Correct. Um, how about his comments uh, to NATO? How did you perceive the comments where he sat down at the breakfast table and said, you know, you guys got to, you know, what, what are we doing with Germany taking all of the the natural gas from Russia while we're trying to protect them from Russia? And you guys need to sit up and uh, and pay more. Well, this is Trump with righteous indignation at his best. Now, you got to understand something about Donald Trump. Um, whereas most people, they don't care real personally about stuff like the Russian pipeline into Germany bringing natural gas. Trump is offended by that. He gets offended by certain things. So he was, he was indignant that he had to go over there to Brussels, a place where he doesn't have uh, any interest in being, um, and, and because these people won't pay their fair share of defense costs for NATO, which is outrageous and insulting to Americans, and everybody knows that. And now Putin, you know, has got the pipeline in bringing natural gas, and he can shut it off at any time, which gives Putin a hundred times more power than he had before that. So both of those points are legitimate. Now, would I have done it at breakfast? <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. I, I would have probably done it in a more formal place. But at least he didn't throw a bread roll at anybody. Right. I thought he was going to, or yeah. oatmeal didn't fly. I, I thought it was actually, I, I thought he's had mm. a, a couple of moments that were the first real presidential moments I have seen from him, that where he was off the cuff uh, and genuinely uh, presidential. I, I, I found that moment uh, strangely satisfying. Um, and and maybe on the edge of, eh, I don't know if you should do that that way or at that setting, but he backed it up. He was solid. He wasn't his typical insulting self. Uh, and I, I, I thought he was presidential this week. Yeah, I don't think the breakfast was presidential, um, but he did it to intimidate them, yes. the leaders of uh, the countries of NATO, 29 countries. He did it to intimidate them, and he did. Okay. He intimidated them. So yes, he did. Uh, yeah, and that is part I mean, of he, politics. He walks in, and he's six foot two, and he's two hundred and forty-five pounds, and his ties down to his knee, and, <laughs> and he sits down, and he goes, "Hey, I don't want any grapefruit. You guys are pinheads, and here's why." And they're all like, their heads are snapping back because nobody does this. I know. Uh, all right, uh, let me. So, so was that a hit or a miss? I think it was a hit in policy and a miss in style. Okay. Uh, let me go to uh, another moment that I thought was presidential. Uh, and I've, I'm long on the record that uh, Putin is an enemy to not only the United States, but he is an enemy to all mankind. He is a stone-cold killer. Um, however, the president, I prefer that we don't call somebody our enemy um, you know, uh, if there's a chance to not be an enemy, we'll treat you on the facts. Especially when he's got a conference coming up with this guy. Yes. This so he he's asked, is he an enemy? The left goes crazy. The same left that mocked Mitt Romney when he said that was the biggest uh, foe, yeah. geopolitical foe. Um, they went crazy when he said, which I thought was 
very presidential. No, he's a competitor. He represents Russia. I represent America. If we are friends at the end, great. If not, no big deal. I hope we don't become enemies. We're competitors. Well, uh, you, you also have to point out that when Barack Obama was caught on the open mic saying, hey, you know, once I'm reelected, I'll have more uh, latitude to deal with you guys and give you what you want. The right. left didn't, didn't say a didn't peep. Didn't say a peep. Yeah, they, oh, look at this. He's, he's dealing with Putin behind the scenes. You never heard it. No. Nope. Um, okay, so Trump and Putin. Here, here's the thinking, and this is his thinking across the board. All right, Putin's not any different. Trump doesn't care about Crimea. There's no potential golf course there. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Crimea could be um, Saturn. Mm-hmm. Okay, doesn't care. Couldn't care less. The only, the only thing he ever says about Crimea is uh, Barack Obama let it happen. All right, so that's number one. That's not going to be a topic of discussion. Trump doesn't care about it. Um, he doesn't care that Putin's a psychopath. Um, he doesn't care that Putin uh, is topless most of the time in the Arctic. <laughs> a little strange. Is he, is, 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 he should, care. should he care about those things? No. All right, because what Trump wants is a deal. This is what he always wants, always, with everyone. He wants a deal. And the deal is two-pronged. He wants a nuke deal. All right, to uh, de-intensify nuclear weapons, which is symbolic. It doesn't really mean anything. And then he wants Putin to stop misbehaving in Syria and Iran and other places that's costing us money. All right? So he wants them to stop. Now, will he get the deal? Maybe, because Putin is in trouble economically. And the only reason that Putin has got control over his country is because he runs a secret police that poisons people who speak out against him and uh you know there's absolutely it's just like the old soviet union there's no difference so, right? so it's just that one one communist government was was replaced by a mafia government right that's all so that's the only difference so help so me trump wants two deals that's what he wants help me out on this do we i mean i don't know if we have any left anymore but do we lose any moral authority by um uh, saying, I don't care about these things. I only want to deal that's, you know, because it's costing us time and money. Say that. Trump uh, will never say that. I'm saying it. Right, I know, I but, know but it goes back true. to my question. Should he care about Crimea? I think we I should care know. about You know, that. you got to do greater good. Uh, you know, Putin's not giving Crimea back, no matter no. what you do. All right? So it's over. It's not coming back. So the greater good is let's get something out of them that's going to prevent bloodshed and, and you know, economic disaster for the world. Let's get something out of them and, uh, you know, work along those lines for the future. So it's greater good. They all do that. Bill, there was a story this week uh, that only uh, my show in the Blaze and Wired magazine covered. Uh, it is Cody Wilson. Uh, he's a guy who uh, made the first 3D printed gun. He was uh, he sued the federal government because they put him into a class of an arms dealer, and uh, he actually won. Uh, he can distribute the uh, the CAD drawings or the blueprints for guns, and you can 3D print guns now. 
it's very controversial, but it is uh, it was a huge win for the Second Amendment. And in the settlement, the government admitted that the AR-15 is not a weapon of war. It is a modern day sporting rifle, as long as it's not fully automatic. Um, That, to me, was one of the biggest stories that was not reported or underreported. What do you think the biggest story of the week was that we may not have talked about already? Um, I think that the growing disenchantment on the part of the American people toward Washington is a very underreported story. We talk about the media, but that's reported. Everybody knows that's, that's in play. But people are really starting, when you look at that hearing yesterday, with their yelling at each other and that point of order and parliamentary this, and it takes 10 hours to do what you could have done. You and I could have done that interview with Strzok in an hour and a half and then mm-hmm. had a nice dinner. Mm-hmm. It took them 10 hours. Mm-hmm. All right. The fix was in on the Democratic side. They didn't want to know anything. They didn't care what Strzok did. Strzok could have gone out and hit uh, President uh, Trump with a hammer, and that would have been fine with them. Um, and then some of the guys on the Republican side are, are purposely embarrassing struck with questions about his own wife, which were way, way out of line. So uh, the Americans are saying, you know what, these are clowns. These are clowns. This whole system is built on nothing. Um, we're not getting representation on both sides. We're not getting quality people. We're not getting smart people. We're not getting honest people. And I think America, this is really seeping now in to what the hell Who's running this country? Who's running it? We got a bunch of dishonest people in the Democratic Party who couldn't care less about what happened, couldn't care less about what Peter Strzok, the lead FBI investigator, did. That's frightening. That's frightening. And people are starting to get it now because you see it right in front of your eyes. Maxine Waters, Sheila Jackson Lee. You see these people, you hear them. Yeah, go out and, and, and follow Trump supporters around and give them a hard time. And, hey, if somebody hits them or somebody shoots them, that's too bad. I mean, this is our leadership in Washington. So people, by osmosis, little by little, this whole structure that we have is starting to collapse. And, and the Democrats, you're going to see it worse when, um, what's his name, Brett Kavanaugh goes up for his hearings. Where do you see that? He's a decent man. You may not agree with him or his rulings. They're going to try to tear him apart personally. And, it's, and Americans are going to watch that. And, and they're going to go, this is our system. And it's really crazy because he's not a guy that the, that the right, or at least people like me, are cheering about. I'm okay with him. But he's, yeah, he wouldn't he's have been. Not an, he's not, he's an, not ideologue. an ideologue. He's an establishment player. Right, right. That's who he is. So but, you. But even so, he's led his life in a way that has been constructive. And, you know, he's, he, when he gave his daughter the middle five over there, you know, in, mm-hmm. the, in the little uh, thing in the, uh, in the White House, mm-hmm. I mean, that was a really nice moment. And they're still trying to tear his throat out. And people just watching this. You expect it from Planned Parenthood that makes money off abortions. You expect that. You don't expect it from elected officials. And that's what you're going to get. It's going to be revolting, Beck. Those hearings are going to be revolting. 
Well, I can't wait for them to start and to hear your analysis of them. Uh, Bill, th- yeah. thank you so much. I appreciate All it. All right, from- Beck, you have a nice, I'm going to be in Ireland next week. Are you really? Yeah. So you're not going to be oh. on the show next week? No, I can't talk to you next week, but I want you to read Killing the SS. I am, I am reading it. I am reading right. it. Okay, I haven't. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm not very far, but I, I am reading it. I started okay. it uh, uh, a couple of days ago. So, and the reason you should read it is because this is a topic that you're interested in: evil. Yes, this is about evil, and that's what the book is about. The and SS part, or you know what evil is? <laughs> okay, Bill O'Reilly, thank you very much. All right, uh, guys. Bill's uh, Bill's book comes out. Uh, on September 18th, uh, and uh, so does mine. Um, and is he off now? Yes. He off? Okay. Yeah, he's off. But you got to. He, he cannot. He, he cannot win. No. He I'll never win. hear the end of it. Oh, my Full gosh. Love of you imagine? Pete. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'll never hear the uh, end of it. Even if he beats you by one book. Oh, it my just, God. It can't and, happen. But here is the good thing. Go out and buy his and buy mine at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's the good thing. We'll just be fighting over who's number two and who's number three, because the New York Times, they'll jump off the top of the roof before they'll give it to. I mean, if that's not Sophie's choice. Oh, man. Who do we give the number one slot to? There's just no winning that week uh, for the New York Times. Uh, It's September 18th. You can order online now. It is Addicted to Outrage and Killing the SS uh, by me and uh, Bill O'Reilly. All right, I want to talk to you a little bit about Casper Mattress. Casper Mattress is going to give you a fantastic night's sleep. Uh, You're going to be able to uh, guarantee that you're going to have a great night's sleep because you're going to order the mattress. They're going to send it to you. And then if you don't love it, the first 100 nights, you can just ship it back. Now, when I say ship it back, you call them and they come and pick it up. So Casper.com. Use the promo code BECK for a great night's sleep. Casper.com. Use the promo code BECK. You can try it for 100 nights and you can save $50 on select mattresses. It's Casper.com. Glenn Beck. We have a lot uh, to cover here in an hour remaining of the uh, program. We have uh, more on uh, Strzok, some more audio on that, uh, on the president's visit uh, with Theresa May. Some kind of some uncomfortable moments uh, there. We also have a story that I, I, I really, I mean, don't tell me you can't do things. I'm going to introduce you to a guy with no arms that stabbed uh, somebody that was coming after him. That's a true can-do attitude right there. <laughs> when you That's hear getting the story, it done. It is getting it done. And if this is where we have to get our inspiration, <laughs> you know, in America, so, so be, be it. it. So be it. Uh, so we have that uh, coming up. Also, um, uh, Starbucks solution to replace plastic straws is backfiring. Oh, no, 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 I feel don't bad. say that. Yeah, well, don't say that. No, I, I've got to say it. Uh, I've got to say it. No. So that and so much more coming up next hour. Stand by. Glenn Beck. Well, before the president left for Europe this week, he uh, issued a pardon to 76 year old Dwight Hammond. 
Hammond's 49-year-old son, Stephen. Now, if those are names that you you remember but you don't remember where you might remember them as the oregon cattle ranchers who were sentenced to five years in prison for setting fire that spread into a portion of federal land in oregon in 2012 the jury acquitted the hammonds on some but not all of the charges against them and they went to prison now after short serving a short term the hammonds were released only to be sent back to prison in 2015 when the Obama administration filed an appeal and the federal court ruled that the hammonds had been improperly sentenced. But it was the hammonds being sent back to prison that sparked an even more famous standoff in Oregon. The perceived injustice to the Hammonds inspired the Bundy brothers, Ryan and Ammon, to storm onto the wildlife refuge in Oregon with other ranchers and militiamen. They were engaged in a 41-day armed standoff with federal agents. Now, Clive and Bundy and the Ammon Bundy and the Bundy uh, ranchers don't confuse them with the Hammonds. That's not the same. And the president didn't say anything about the Bundys, as I think he's actually right uh, to uh, go into the Hammond case, but not the Bundys. The presidential pardon will take some time off of Hammond's five-year sentence, though Stephen has already served four years. His father has served three White House statement about the pardons called their imprisonment unjust and the result of overzealous effort by the Obama administration to prosecute them. This pardon is the second major move the president has made since taking office to signal greater support of residents in western states who desire to see more local control of federal lands. Last December, Trump signed the largest rollback of federal land protection in U.S. history when he significantly reduced the size of the Bear Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante National Monuments in Utah. If you remember, when the president was running, he said he wouldn't do those things. He said those lands were best in the hands of the federal government. It's one reason why I had a problem with his policies out in the West. However, he is not executing his policies the way he campaigned. Critics say the president's actions are only going to encourage other fringe militia groups in the West to try more armed standoffs with the government. But has any of these critics actually considered that the president's actions might actually have the opposite effect, making citizens in the West feel like someone in the government is actually listening to their grievances? I know it drives the left totally insane. But if you're being honest about things, you have to see some of the things Donald Trump is doing is good. Also, no one can say the president doesn't know how to play to his base. It's Friday, July 13th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Pat, have you watched the uh, video American Standoff? Uh, no. Is, oh that, is, is, is that the, uh, I think I heard you playing it, though, the other day. Was yeah. that the one about the Bundys? Y- yeah, about and, the Bundys and the, and, and the Hammonds. Yeah. And it shows that the Hammonds, um, you know, they got a call from the Bundys and the Bundys said, we're going to come up. 
And they were completely different approaches. The Hammonds were advised by the Bundys, don't surrender, don't give yourself up. And they're like, no, we're law-abiding citizens. Mm. If we go to jail, then we're just going to have to pray that the president will see the error of his ways and he'll pardon us. And the Bundys said, no, Mm. we've got to have an armed standoff. And they changed the deal. At the end, the Hammonds weren't really involved in that that 41-day standoff. It was just the Bundys and others that they had convinced. Really? And if you watch uh, American mm. Standoff, you, you just Google it, um, American Standoff, it is really worth watching because you'll see some really good ranchers go down and make the wrong decisions. But then you'll also see uh, some ranchers that you're like, okay, you know, I think he has a point. You'll see the sheriff who is made out to be a bad guy who turns out looks like a pretty good guy to me. And then you're going to see a family that um, is just this family of, you know, a singing family. And they were supposed to go up and sing to, you know, a a bunch of people at the standoff or someplace. And they were going to go meet the sheriff. And they travel up, and they're in Oregon, and they're stopped by a cop. And the guy who's driving, not a family member, guy who's driving, he says, look, you can't stop us. We have a right, and we have an appointment with the sheriff. We're going to go see the sheriff. You're going to have to shoot us, uh, you know, to stop us. And, and it's a standoff, very tense. And it's all from their video phone. They're from video from their phones, the kids in the car. And um, and he's very provocative, but the police are the driver too. was the driver, but the police are mm-hmm. too. So he says, look, I'm driving away and I'm going to the sheriff's office. You can't stop us. I, I'm going to the sheriff. You can follow me, but I have a right on this road. So he's driving and uh, they they follow him, but aren't aggressive. And then there's a roadblock. He goes off to the side of the road um, and they're shooting at him as he's approaching this roadblock because he's not going to stop. They're shooting at him. He gets out of the car. He's unarmed. He has his hands up and he's still being aggressive or stupid. But he's saying, you're going to have to shoot me because we're going. You're going to have to. And they shoot him. And you see it. And that's the one that was killed. Yeah. That's, yeah. And, and then you see uh, them shooting yeah. at these kids in the car, the FBI agents shooting at the kids in the car. And it is, it's hard to find a good person in this. It's really hard to find a good person uh, because the guy who's driving the car, nobody with any kind of uh, common sense is doing that with a carload of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, however, what the hell is the FBI doing? Yeah. I mean, it's just it's really out of control, really out of control. And there's there's been several of those instances that we know about Ruby Ridge, uh, you know, the the Waco incident. I mean, did they really need to act as aggressively as they did in, in any of those? No, 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 no. It's 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 quite remarkable. So I'm glad that the Hammonds uh, have been pardoned mm. by uh, the president myself. Yeah, that's it was the driver wasn't with the Hammonds, though. No. Right? No. The guy driving to the sheriff's office. No. He was not part of that family. No. Mm. Uh, All right. What else do we have here? Emmy nominations came out yesterday. Oh, the 
The Emmy nominations. The Emmy nominations. Oh, well, I can't wait. This is kind of interesting because for the first time in 17 years, HBO didn't get the most nominations. Netflix did. 112. Wow. uh, Compared to 108 for HBO. When you think about Netflix and its humble little beginnings... You know, as as blockbuster in Hollywood video competition, where you were sent. You remember you had to send the, you sent the DVD back in the yeah. mail. Yeah, without a late fee. Right, that was their big deal. You you don't have to pay a late fee. And what was that? As recently as oh seven or oh eight, maybe. Uh, they just yeah, when you- when Netflix Netflix was just getting into this about two years before we launched the Blaze. That's yes. how. Yeah, that's, that's how, how recent it, recent it was. all of this stuff was. And now you've got HBO saying, you know what? We we might have to. We need to conduct our business a little more like Netflix. They've come a long way in a really short time. And I and remember when Netflix was dead when they yeah. were, when they were doing the streaming video and they said that they had to made it. I don't even remember what it was. Ten dollars a month. And the cost structure was too high for them. Yeah. And uh, so they had to raise the prices, and everybody said Netflix is out of business; it's never going to go anywhere. And look at them now—that just—that's where it kicked in. Yeah. And th- when they stayed committed to doing original content, uh, I think that just put them into a whole new league. And and same now, with Amazon. Y- yes, yes. And now Netflix is spending five to six to seven or eight billion a year in original programming. That's crazy. That's all, it, it's just it mind-boggling. Crazy. It really is. And so that's where, I mean, the world has changed so much. And you just wonder, how much further is it going to go? Oh, my gosh. Because you this won't will recognize be it in 10 too. years. Yeah, you won't. You won't recognize you won't. it in 10 years. And, and the scary thing is, is it, and we talked about this the other day, Pat. Last week, uh, and I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher the details on this because it was last week. And I just, I just kind of read the story quickly. Um, but... Amazon came out and said that they were thinking about going into the uh, prescription drug business, the the drugstore business, and also the uh, the overnight delivery service. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walgreens and CVS took a bath the yeah. next day. Yeah, and I forget what the percentage loss was, but it was it amazing, was huge, just because of the Amazon announcement. Yes. And then on Jeez. top of it, with the with UPS, UPS and Federal Express, UPS took a gigantic bath. I can't remember how many tens of millions of dollars they lost uh. just because Amazon said we're eh, thinking about we're it. Thinking about it. Eh, maybe we'll do it. Wish they'd do the same thing with the oil industry. You were thinking about selling gas. <laughs> let's let's drive those prices down now a little but, bit. But what what happens? At what point does Amazon become the threat. Mm-hmm. At what point does Google? They're so big YouTube, that they just control everything. They control and absolutely close every, to that right now. It is it's pretty close. And so, do you break them up? Is uh, that that's a, not the American way? You know, they're not a monopoly. They're just they're. But yes, they but, are but, putting others but, out of business. Yeah, they're. They. I mean, you know, I said this to Ray Kurzweil at one point. No. Or, or uh, no, who was the head of uh, Google? Uh, Eric Schmidt. In? Eric Schmidt. And I said, at what point does Google have the analysis running on me? If I'm a competitor of Google, I'm working on something that your algorithms don't snag me. 
mm-hmm. and you either gobble me up or you steer me in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not going to happen. We don't <laughs> do that because Google doesn't do evil. Oh, right. Okay. Thank right. you. Is that why? I mean, isn't that why Facebook just bought that uh, one company? I think it's an Israeli company that uh, could go in. I don't remember what it was uh, supposed to do, but one of the things that it did do is it saw which applications and which um, uh, yeah, which apps were starting to take off really early. And Facebook came in and they just gobbled that company up because they wanted that. They wanted to see that's that's exactly what he asked about Google. Right. What's going to stop you from seeing where I'm headed? And of course, nothing. Nothing. Nothing's going to stop. Right. Except unless the owner of the up and coming company doesn't choose to sell. But can the owner of the up and coming company afford to best Google? It w- yeah, probably not. Probably not. Probably not. I mean, I, I just don't. For the first time in my life, I've I've always mocked the idea of, uh, you know, you see Blade Runner and you're like, and they're like, yeah, well, the company won't like this. Oh, stop it. <laughs> you know what I mean? We've got companies that size, though, now. We do. Yeah, we, we do. do. And at what point do the American people say, Who's controlling who? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Is the government really providing oversight? And can the government even tell Google no at this point? I mean, think of the information that Google would have if they would choose to use it on anybody in Congress. (laughs) All they have to do is just tweak the algorithm to to see. All they'd have to do is tweak the algorithm to change the news feeds and their searches for the people in Washington. I mean, right. And it could, it could totally change their outlook on things. I mean, it's really, it's, it's becoming a a very different world. And I don't think people uh, have caught up with that uh, by any stretch. On the other, other end of the spectrum, we were talking about uh, Netflix and blockbusters as competitors. Um, just to give you an idea of who won that war. Uh, <laughs> yes, Blockbuster, right? Yesterday it was it was announced the last two blockbusters in Alaska are closing. And that leaves a total of one in the United States of America now. How is it still in business? I, I don't know. And what's in the Bend or in Bend, Oregon is their last remaining store in the That's United States. Sad. Isn't that something? It's just, really sad. I feel bad for I Bend that, that they're still <laughs> going to a video store. <laughs> Have you heard of the internet? Come on, Bend. <laughs> what is happening there? All right. Let me tell you about uh, the cryptocurrency course that we put together for our uh, audience uh, it's getting rave reviews. A ton of people have uh, have taken it already. It's the number one crypto expert, Tika Tawari. He was in the studios a few weeks ago, and we were talking about, can, can we just do a free crypto show uh, where you answer all of the questions? I mean, yesterday I did something on Facebook, and the questions were just nonstop. And I'm not an expert on it. I yeah. mean, I can tell you some things, but uh, I can't tell you everything. That's what's going on behind the scenes. 
So I told him, I said, you know, people are so hungry for it. So we put Beck Crypto, Cor- uh, sorry, the Beck Crypto Show uh, together. That's the web address, beckcryptoshow.com. We put it together. It's next Thursday. It will be live. We're going to be taking questions, et cetera, et cetera. But I've asked him to come to the table with a few things. First, why do you still believe that cryptocurrencies, in particular Bitcoin, is going to be what everybody thought it would be? Because he's I believe he's claiming now that he thinks that it could be up to sixty thousand dollars by the end of this year. Now, he's not saying that it is. Wow. He said that there's something, and he'll make this announcement, there's something happening behind the scenes that is guaranteed to happen. It's already being uh, put into place that changes the dynamics of Bitcoin and makes it really easy and fast and cheap for people to do exchanges on it. Um, so anyway, he, he, he is uh, going to be doing the uh, Beck Crypto Show with us next Thursday. That's BeckCryptoShow.com. That's where you're going to be able to see it and register. You have to register. Um, it doesn't cost you anything. It's all free. BeckCryptoShow.com. Watch it next Thursday. Join us. Ask your questions. Do your own homework. BeckCryptoShow.com. Let me take Ralph in uh, Georgia. Hello, Ralph. You're on the Glenn Beck program. Hey, Mr. Beck. How you doing? Very good. I want to go back to uh, what you were talking about with Bill O'Reilly and add some to it. One of the good things about being on hold for you to pick up, it gives the person a chance to calm down. And this is what I'm talking about. (laughs) I agree with Bill when he was talking about America being upset with the garbage that's going on in D.C. But there's something else that's making me really angry, and I believe a lot of other Americans are, too. And that is we believe in the rule of law. We believe in equal justice under the law. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're a president, a cabinet member, a congressman, or a homeless person or a carpenter, that justice is blind. And we're watching what's going on in D.C. and we're saying, where's the justice? Correct. You know, if I get a speeding ticket or if uh, I'm on the cell phone while driving, I get a ticket. And that's okay. I broke the law. But I just want to see it applied equally, and many Americans do too, and that's why we're getting really upset. And that's not the word I really want to use, but we're on radio, so I'll use upset. (laughs) Really, really, really ticked off that the justice isn't applied equally. It's obvious stuff that's going on. It's not like, well, we're not really sure that what they did was illegal. I mean, a sailor gets in trouble for taking pictures in a censored place in a submarine, but then Hillary can have stuff in a server, classified documents in her home, and that ain't a problem. And it's like, I don't care if you're Republican. I don't care who you are. If you're my guy or the other side's guy, I don't care. You break the law, you break the law. It's really simple. It's not hard to figure out. And I'm really angry about it. I want to see justice. I want to see it applied equally. I don't care who you are. And it's got me really mad. And I know it's got a lot of other Americans mad, too. Starting with the Constitution and all our laws since, if you don't like the law, fix the law. Illegal immigrant. Legal immigrant, not hard to figure out. The server that's not secure with classified documents, got a problem there. Sailor takes a picture, he's nailed to the wall. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, I, I and I, I haven't said anything, Ralph, because I agree with you, and I and I think that you're absolutely right that that is the underlying tension um, that is happening in America is Americans want to see justice and. Some Americans have given up on that, and it goes back to, and I want to take a quick break, but I want to pick this up. This goes back 
to what I said earlier in the show. If you've missed the show, go to iTunes uh, and download the podcast today and listen to the first hour because I talk about Struck and and what was happening yesterday in Washington. We'll pick it up there next. Glenn, back. We are getting closer to July 19th, and July 19th is a big day in your financial future. Cryptocurrencies are a huge developing market. You need to understand them. There's scams out there. You need to make sure that you avoid. You need to understand how these things work because... You know what? The big money knows. Jamie Dimon called Bitcoin a fraud. And then all of a sudden, uh, JP Morgan is buying all sorts of cryptocurrencies. World Economic Forum in Davos, George Soros, said it was a bubble. Uh, But then his family office is getting the green light to buy cryptocurrencies. They know something that we don't know, and we need to figure it out. One of the people we look to to try to figure this stuff out is Tika Tawari. He's going to be part of this, a free live online broadcast. Glenn Beck's going to host it. It's beckcryptoshow.com on July 19th. Get registered for this free event. It's beckcryptoshow.com, and you'll have the chance to take part in Palm Beach Letters' exclusive $2 million Bitcoin giveaway. It's beckcryptoshow.com to register, beckcryptoshow.com. So Ralph, who is a uh, listeners of our a listener of ours, just uh, phoned in a minute ago, and he said, "You know what I'm really upset about, and I think the American people are upset about, is we're looking for equal justice. We're fair-minded, and I I believe that of the American people. We have just become a little unhinged right now because we don't feel there is such a thing as fair-mindedness and and real justice. I, I'd like to remind you." Um, how you felt, if you were white, how you felt the day the O.J. Simpson verdict came out. And what you thought about African Americans and the way they celebrated that. It was the first time that I noticed a, a real split between us where I, I didn't understand the mentality of a group of people living in America. And because I didn't think justice was being served. Well, what happened? If you look at the numbers now, African-Americans now believe that O.J. Simpson killed her. So what's changed? The celebration, the the um, vindication of a black man not being hammered, beating the system. Didn't matter if he murdered because they had felt for so long there was no such thing as justice. They weren't seeing justice. And so even if this guy was uh, was guilty. It felt good to see a black man defeat the system because they didn't feel there was any equal justice. Well, that's what the rest of America is going through, I think, right now. They're going through a place to where we are being unreasonable and we're backing things that, you know, African-Americans know now they shouldn't have backed O.J. Simpson, but it wasn't about O.J. Simpson at the time. And a lot of the stuff that we're seeing, we're being told by the media, you just hate Hillary Clinton. No, I hate the injustice of all of this. I hate the fact that we all know they're dirty and corrupt. We all know this. And they can get away literally with murder. They could get away with anything. 
Now the left is experiencing this with Donald Trump. And they're saying, why doesn't the right stand up? Because Donald Trump is our O.J. Simpson. He is our guy that we say, you know what? I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. There is no such thing as equal justice. You're just going to dole it out any way that you see it. And we've been taking it and taking it and losing while we've been trying to play fair. And now this guy can win. Good for him. I think that's what's happening in America. And because the media and the politicians are not really listening to America, they don't really they don't really care to understand what's happening. They just keep dogpiling and it gets worse and worse and worse. When both sides in America. Now, I am not talking about the extremes. I'm not talking about the postmodernists uh, that are currently teaching in universities. I'm not talking about Antifa or the Nazis. I'm talking about the average person. All they want is justice. Did you break the law? Then go to jail. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're rich or if you're poor. You broke the law. It, we have been, we were designed as a nation of laws. Now, the, the left is using this now to separate us. Instead of going the way of Martin Luther King, where Martin Luther King said, America, live up to your founding words. I believe in those words. Just live up to them. Instead, they are, they are driving a wedge between us and those words. And they are saying it's revenge time. It doesn't matter. If I disagree with you, I can shut you down. It's why they now, the ACLU, is no longer going after all of the, uh, the First Amendment freedom of speech rights. Because, wait a minute... Now we're starting to have the tables turn on us, and uh, I guess we have to defend religious people? Well, we're not going to do that. That's the point of equal justice. That's what our founding documents mean by all men are created equal. That we all have the same right, quite honestly, to say things that are going to piss each other off. We all have that right, and it must be protected. And so we have to grow a little thicker skin and go, yep, that's another nut job. And we have to stop suing each other, stop trying to shut each other up. And if somebody breaks the law, they go to jail. That's why I had Stephen Crowder on this morning. Stephen was, uh, Stephen was uh, targeted by a juice barista in, uh, in Austin he was doing a deal uh, out on the street called Change My Mind. It's something that he does on his show. It's, it's actually entertaining and really good. He's not going for outrage. He's saying, here's what I believe. There are two genders, this particular one. There are two genders. Come change my mind. The one that I saw in Austin was this one, and it was uh, uh, a person that was running for the city council who is trans- transgendered. 
sat down and they had a fascinating conversation for about 40 minutes. Well, this juice barista didn't like that. And so plots to uh, who will go down and uh, and slice their tires. Who will slash their tires with me? And then somebody else volunteered to firebomb firebomb his car. Right. Now, we all know that that's a crime. We all know that that needs to be um, taken seriously, especially in today's world. Let's let's move up. How many times did the right where they called racist, where they called anti-American, where they called uh, dangerous rebels uh, that wanted to start a revolution? Have you heard the media call that uh, say those things about Antifa? Never, never, never. In fact, when uh, Donald Trump pointed out that they were at that uh, Charlottesville protest that that they are not great people either the left went crazy over it yeah they couldn't even conceive of the fact that the antifa people were who who he was talking about right so that's that's the to me this is the place to where we come together the place where we come together is on equal justice the place we come together honestly is and i'm you know i don't know how people perceive me anymore i don't care I really don't care. Um, but the, the only way I can live my life is to be able to say Donald Trump is a nightmare and he's not going to do any of the things he's promising you on this campaign because he has no record of believing any of that. And then when he gets into office and he starts to do those things to say, Holy cow, I'm, I was wrong on that. This is good. These things still bother me. These things aren't so great, and these things are bad, but these things are good. I, I, I can't live my life without being that way. And that's what's missing in our society. We, somehow or another, have to adopt absolutely everything. Well, when you adopt absolutely everything, that means you're going to excuse your side of something you've accused the other side of doing, which then destroys equal justice. So which do you want, America? Do you want equal justice? Do you want fair play? If so, then you have to call them as you see them. If so, you can't have a team jersey. If you want equal justice, you have to have the balls to take it to the face and get punched relentlessly when you say, wait a minute. If you didn't think that it was right for J. Edgar Hoover or the FBI to be able to do an investigation that you knew was going to come back one way, one-sided, because the FBI thought they knew who Martin Luther King was. A guy who was conspiring with the Soviets, and he was a communist, and he had to be stopped. If you didn't think it was right then, this has nothing to do with Martin Luther King or Donald Trump. It has everything to do with the FBI. If you believed that it was wrong because 
um, they had already made up their mind that he was a communist that was being used by the Soviets. And they were going to get and do anything they could to prove that and stop him. Then you have to see the warning signs of what's happening now in our FBI. That it doesn't matter what he says. It doesn't matter what the president does or says. I'm telling you, he could have said, let's give Elena Kagan an extra vote on the Supreme Court. And they would have found a way to drag him through the mud and say, we've got to stop this. It doesn't matter what he does. What we've missed is. This is no longer about the president. It, it, it stopped being it's why we stopped talking about Barack Obama about two years before he left office. It's not about him. It started to be about us. Who are we? What's happening? What are we doing? What are we doing in our life? What are we accepting in our life? The same thing is happening now. It's not about Donald Trump. This is about control, power and money. That's all this is about. The networks are losing money. They're losing power. They're losing control. The parties, both of them, losing power, losing money, losing control. That's all this is. This is a, we're watching a death match of an old antiquated system of media and politics, a two-party system. It's a death match. They think one of them is going to win in the end. They have no idea that the system is from the 1800s, you know, 1850, what, 1856, they're like, you know what, we're going to be Republicans and you'll be Democrats. It doesn't work. This big bloated government, this, this came from Karl Marx. I mean, how is this made to look like this is a new idea? It's not a new idea. It's one of the oldest ideas around. Let's put all of our money into a big collective and we'll have one person or a group of people that are really smart oversee how we distribute all the wealth. <laughs> that always ends in corruption. Always. We don't even have that system. And look how corrupt it is. So let's stop fighting about all of that. And let's just start fighting for facts, truth, being open-minded, listening to each other, trying to figure out what's really going on, what's behind all of this anger. And Ralph said it best. One of the things that is really driving the anger right now is the same thing that was driving the anger that I didn't understand in the 1990s with the O.J. Simpson verdict. People don't feel there's such a thing as equal justice. So when somebody beats the system, it doesn't matter if they are guilty or innocent. They beat the system. All right, let me tell you about Simply Safe. Simply Safe obsesses over the details. That's why their alarm system is great. They obsessed over the uh, the camera shutter. You know, they had cameras just like everybody else had cameras, and and they're just like you. And they're like, well, I don't, you know, I don't want that camera uh, open all the time. I just don't. I don't feel comfortable with that. 
And so they went and they put a lens cover on it. So it closed and opened when it was on. But then it wasn't right because they were like, this, this is all before they even released it. Then they were, they were testing and they were like, I don't, I don't know when it opens. It can open quietly and I'm, you know, I don't hear it. So they went and they looked and spent a ton of time and a ton of money finding the right metal that made the, the right sound so you could hear it, but it wasn't obnoxious and could handle the thousands of opening and closings of those camera lenses. When they got it right, that's when they released it. Same thing with their glass break sensor. 10,000 glass breaks. Why? Because you need to have a sensor that doesn't call the police every time you drop a glass. Simply safe. You own the system. It's an unbelievably remarkable price, and it's $15 a month for the 24 7 uh, monitoring. Go to simplysafebeck.com today. Simplysafebeck.com. Get 10% off your home security system at simplysafebeck.com. We're uh, just watching a live uh, shot from uh, Windsor Castle. Uh, where the queen is waiting for uh, Donald Trump's arrival. And it's bizarre because the queen is actually under a tent and she's just standing there waiting for him to arrive. <laughs> and 92 years old. Yeah. Uh, I and think it, it's, is it still hot over there? Yeah. Compared yeah, yeah. to what it usually is. Yeah. 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 And, but, but if, you know, but what's what? weird is if you go back into our day, I mean, the Americans, when we were colonies, we would, they, the king would make us wait months and then we would show up and he'd still make us wait. Yeah, sometimes weeks after you got there. Yeah, it's, it's obviously a very different world. Turn, turned around just a tad. Just a bit. Plus, she's the queen who has no power. So odds he's going to kiss her. I hope zero. Be, but yeah, I hope so, too. If he does, go for the tongue. <laughs> go for the tongue. I mean, if, you, if you're going to do it, Might as just, well do it right. op- just open mouth. Yep. Go right for her. <laughs> Glenn Beck Mercury